0: TED Audio Collective. Kay, you commented, Ben, if you're reading this, I hope you're eaten alive by wild dogs. So, fortunately, (laughs) Ben has not been eaten alive by wild dogs. Despite my best efforts. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday
1: until that presentation appeared out of thin air.
0: Also, it's eerily on brand. And welcome back to Conversations with People Who Hate Me, the show where I use negative online comments as a starting point for offline conversations. I'm your host, Dylan Marin. This episode is the season two finale, which is closing out a huge year for the show. It won a Webby Award, so huge thanks to all of you who voted. I expanded to a brand new format where I moderate conversations between strangers rather than just speaking to people one-on-one. And I was even invited to give a TED Talk about why I make the show. And you can watch that wherever you find your TED Talks. Our audience has grown, and it's been so nice hearing from you about why you love this show and how it applies to your own life. So thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned, because there will be a whole new season coming to you very, very soon. In the meantime, I invite you to tell your friends about the show. Spread the word, because word of mouth is really how this podcast gets out. So for the season finale, I wanted to cap it off with a special conversation. And this one feels pretty special. I've always said that change can't happen over the course of one phone call, that it happens over time. So today's episode is unique because we get to hear from a former guest after they've listened to their episode and considered their role in it. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Today, I'm moderating a call between Benjamin and Kay, Now Benjamin was a former guest who you might remember from episode 17 when he spoke with Emma Sulkowicz, a rape survivor, whom he had previously messaged four words, You are a liar. In that episode, Benjamin acknowledged sympathy for Emma's experience but said he couldn't fully believe Emma's account of being a rape survivor without hard forensic evidence. Kay is a listener of this show. She heard that episode and became so upset with Benjamin that she commented, Ben, if you're reading this, I hope you're eaten alive by wild dogs. Before we begin, a word of warning. This episode deals with rape and sexual assault. If that's not something you wanna be listening to right now, by all means, please don't listen to this episode and go do something great for you. I totally support that. So first, I'll speak one-on-one to Benjamin, then to Kay, and then I'll connect them to each other. But there is one call I need to make before any of that happens, since this episode will directly and indirectly refer to Emma Solkowitz's story.
1: Hello.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: It's been so long since I last talked to you. I know,
0: it's been so long. Um, So I'm calling because I am making an episode that directly involves your story, and I wanted to make sure you were okay with the fact that this would allude to your episode with Benjamin. Are you comfortable with that?
1: Not only am I comfortable with that, but I am so excited to see how the conversation goes.
0: Oh my God. Okay. Great. (laughs) Great. All right. Let's get started. Here is Benjamin. Dylan, hey Benjamin, how are you? Very well. Good to talk to you. It's good to talk to you too. So, listeners of the podcast will recognize your voice, but for those tuning in for the first time, why don't you kick it off and tell us a little about yourself? Tell us about your day. Well, I I
2: suppose for some, maybe enemy number one, (laughs) based on some of the comments. Uh (laughs) But that's fair enough. Um, I am. I'm 25. I uh, I trade stocks from home. Nice. My life is okay right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to school next semester or in the spring. Um, do you like trading stocks?
0: Uh, I do.
2: Yeah, um, But it's sort of, it's lonely. It's yeah. isolated, obviously sort of by nature.
0: So to catch people up, you were a guest on episode 17 entitled You Are a Liar, in which you had a conversation with Emma Sulkowicz. And it turned out to be about essentially how you, but how, you know, society believes and sometimes doesn't believe rape survivors. What was that experience like for you to be on the podcast?
2: Well, retrospectively, I wish I'd been a little bit more thoughtful. I went back and listened to it, and I feel like maybe, I was kind of entrenched at the time Mm -hmm. and, like, more defensive Mm -hmm. than I should have been. After listening to it, I kind of realized— I got where a lot of what a lot of people were saying in the comments. Oh, really? Sort of how I came across, I think.
0: So you read some of the comments in reaction to the episode, right? And what was that like for you reading the comments?
2: I'm actually I'm pretty low key on all social media, (laughs) so that's (laughs) that's that's probably the only time I've ever had sort of explicit haters. Yeah. So that
0: was kind of yeah that was a new experience. A new experience. I guess when I, what I want to check in on is, did you feel okay reading it? Did it hurt? What did it feel like? No, I felt, I felt totally fine reading it. It was just genuinely
2: a totally new experience being called, you know, like a psychopath and right. sort of some of the other things that were being implied. But I, in a way, I understood kind of where they were coming from, I think,
0: in a way. <laughs> That's so interesting.
2: My feeling was the people who were the most vitriolic probably had some kind of experience, you know?
0: Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I think the episode elicited a lot of very strong responses, and I also think that we got to the end, and you were still saying, like, you don't feel that you can fully believe a rape accusation without forensic evidence, right? Right.
2: I wish I had been more open during that interview, I will say that. I think I did sort of come off to and that really wasn't what I was trying to do. Huh. You know. I just sort of, in the moment, I just didn't think about it, you know. It's always easier looking back.
0: But I'm I'm glad you even listened and considered. I think, and also, no one has the ability to radically change decades of learning in one phone call. Do you know what I mean? hmm So, speaking of the comments that you received on this episode, on Facebook, a conversation sprouted. And a woman named Kay commented beneath the post about this episode, "...both yourself and Emma," she's referring to me, "...showed tremendous patience. I was infuriated by Ben all day, and I had to come here to talk about it. His ignorance perfectly distills that brand of smile denial people use to dismiss survivors to their faces. He has no idea what he's talking about." And then, the kicker at the end, "...Ben, if you're reading this, I hope you're eaten alive by wild dogs." Um, so I guess, first of all, how does it feel to read something like that about you?
2: She probably, she's had some experience that makes her say that. So I don't want to, it's not her best look and parts of that interview weren't my best look. So I can, I can forgive it.
0: You know, did it make you feel uncomfortable?
2: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe, I tend to believe people when they say stuff like that at face value, like maybe to her, I just seem like a huge, Obviously, I seem like a huge a-hole and a person who is trying to say the rape was okay and that I should die for it. I I think that's exactly how she meant it. I believe that's exactly what she meant
0: Well, the good news is we'll be able to speak to Kay to figure out, you know, what she meant. And just checking in, do you feel comfortable talking to her? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. I don't know. I guess my fear was, like, what I want is for Benjamin to— continue to be questioning the things that came up on the call. And I think when I Mm -hmm. read that, I was afraid that you were going to be like, oh, fuck this. Like, I don't even know. My experience was you and
2: Emma were incredibly fair and fair-minded. Yeah. 90% of the comments were fair and fair-minded, even the critiques. Mm -hmm. And 10% were just, you know, saying this guy should die. He's like a sociopath or psychopath. Yeah. And those are just like the outlying extremists. I mean, I think it's kind of like a pretty – expected sort of thing, you know? I guess it was shocking to read initially, and then it was just like, oh, this is, like, very childish.
0: I am also curious to hear what Kay has to say, like what Kay's story is in the sense that, you know, as you know, I'm also I'm curious on getting a full sense of who both people are, you know? Sure, yeah. But are there any specific questions you have for Kay? As of this moment,
2: there's only one that I really want to ask, mm. and that's the most important to me, mm. is that if she was like a dictator or god and she really could press the button in which I got eaten alive by a dog for holding that opinion on this topic, would she actually mm. would she actually go through and do it? It's not unfair to expect maybe an honest answer. I'm okay with the complete truth, that's what she really feels. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm holding out hope that there is a more human reason that this language was used. But um I hope a good conversation will come out of this.
2: No, I'm very, I'm, a, this is, this is, a, I really like this idea. I'm very curious just to kind of hear where she's coming hear from. Hear her explanation because I like, I would never online. I would never say that to somebody, yeah. you know, it wouldn't even cross my mind to even slightly imply it. So it's, it's going to be interesting to hear from somebody that, you know, did it.
0: Then that's great. So I guess the next step is I'll speak one-on-one to Kay and then the three of us will talk to each other. Sound good. Sounds great. Hello. Hey, Kay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: I can indeed.
0: Oh my God, wonderful. Hi, how are you?
1: <sighs> I'm conscious, caffeinated, and clothed, so we're doing good. Oh my
0: God, you've succeeded as a human already. Congratulations. Right? Yeah, it's a big <laughs> how day. How are you? You know, I'm good. I'm good. I just um, I ate a sandwich, which was lovely, so that's my truth for you.
1: Oh, you can't get any better than food. Like no. if all else has gone to shit.
0: I know. Food
1: to the rescue.
0: <laughs> food, food will save us. Um, <laughs> so, it. Kay, let's start here, in only as many details as you would like the listening public of this podcast to know. Tell me about
1: you. Oh, what's what's to what's to know? I suppose I'm <laughs> uh, uh, a bit a bit Irish. Okay, a great. Bit Canadian. Uh, a bit of a writer. Knock okay. Knock on wood.
0: Knock on wood. Uh, where I'm knocking right now.
1: Right. uh... I don't know, just your your average biped living on the planet.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. You got your biped walking around. So, Kay, what do you do for fun?
1: Oh, Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm pretty much an introvert. Mm -hmm. I do walks by the sea,
0: Mm.
2: uh,
1: kind of fashion uh, some music, put it together, Mm. uh, and write and do kind of book covers for novels and things, like kind of just – Media Mm. Tinkering, I suppose.
0: I love. I tinker. (laughs) You tinker. That's perfect. So you're also a podcast listener.
1: I am indeed.
0: Well, that is wonderful. I'm glad you're a podcast listener, and you being a podcast listener is what brought you to this show. So when did you start listening to this show?
1: Oh, God, I think I... So I stumbled upon it uh, on one of those lists you find on the incredible edible internet. Um, you know they they have all like kind of the most interesting podcasts or like mm-hmm. best audio dramas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think I found your podcast that way, and it interested me. So I thought uh, I'll I'll, go, I'll download a couple of episodes and uh, see what's what, what's going on.
0: So, that's what I did. now I was hooked, oh my God. well, now you know, to be clear, this isn't just gonna be a little patting me on the back situation, <laughs> but it is but you
1: did do a good job oh, Dylan. Thank you did do a good you
0: good job. that's all I'm worried that's it. That's the end of the call. Thank you okay, so much, we're <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> um. But you being a listener is actually part of the path that led you here to this call today, because you listened to episode 17 entitled You Are a Liar, Mm -hmm. and you had some strong feelings about it.
1: I mean, I I listened to the episode at work, Mm -hmm. and I was... (laughs) I was fucking furious, yeah. furious, you yeah. know. Um, and I was so mad. Mm-hmm. I was mad for six hours at work, and then I went home, and I was still mad. And I was so mad that I kind of went back onto my Facebook account, mm-hmm. okay? No small feat. Mm-hmm. I
0: hate Facebook. So you, <laughs> so you had a deactivated Facebook account, and you reactivated it so that you could comment on just, this episode.
1: Yeah, just just to vent. Wow. Because, okay. I mean, it was... It's one of those things where, you know, uh, where something just gets you. Mm-hmm. Like, it just gets to you. and this It is, crawled
0: under your skin.
1: It really did. It just brought up a lot of issues for me that I think are too easily ignored. Mm-hmm. When I heard it, I was just like, oh, gee. Like, another person just running their mouth about shit they don't understand. Mm. And then it kind of morphed as I got... As I listened and got angrier and angrier, I think it was more like, you know, he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. And then you know, there's that kind of ugly, petty part that's like, you know, well, well, fuck you for not having to know that. Like, fuck you for being spared mm-hmm. knowing that. Like, fuck you twice. Yeah. You know, it was it was a very like. Visceral yeah. reaction.
0: But just to read the comment, and again, this is not sure. to shame you for writing it, but it is what brought us here. You wrote a comment at first praising me and my other guest, Emma, for our patience. And then you said, Ben, if you're reading this, I hope you're eaten alive by wild dogs. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so that is, you know, that is, I would say, a, a, a pretty extreme sign-off of that message. But this is, as you know well from being a listener, this is a podcast that is all about hearing why someone wrote something and using that as the beginning to understand each other's humanity.
1: Humani- so, yeah.
0: Kay, with love and respect in my heart, what crawled under your skin so much that you told Benjamin that you hope he's eaten alive by wild dogs?
1: Basically, it was a situation where I felt Ben was trifling with a pain, like the scope of which he didn't comprehend or respect, not just for Emma, but for, you know, anyone out there who's listening. And, you know, for myself, one of the worst things about this entire topic is that feeling of not only did someone kind of break into my body, like the body you're born with, mm-hmm. these fingers, toes, this thing you thought was yours completely intrinsically until someone mm-hmm. taught you very harshly and suddenly it was not yours. Mm. So, you know, you have that capital T trauma, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of pain. It was like the like brutalizing someone on a physical, mental, Mm -hmm. and uh, spiritual level, Mm -hmm. and just not recognizing how dire that is and Mm -hmm. how, you know, the denial of that reality, Mm -hmm. you know, not only like you, it's like it happens and then you go to someone like your parents or someone you trust or Mm -hmm. like the police, a teacher, a pastor, whatever. And they're like, Oh, that didn't happen. I don't believe you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, like, the most fucking infuriating, mm-hmm. disempowering, mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: like, horrific thing. Yeah. I mean, like, from my personal experience, being, having my reality denied was just, like, you know, that was almost worse.
0: hmm So, I fully hear you on everything you're saying of why this crawled under your skin. There's nothing to argue with just because they're they're your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And they're valid because they are your feelings. But I do want to pose a question. Sure. Which is that, you know, the extreme way that you have presented this argument, hoping that Ben is eaten alive by wild dogs— I worry about that, and i the line I'm trying to walk right now is to make sure that I'm not policing your speech but just gently offering my opinion on it because I think what I worry about with it is that while, while the rage is understandable, you're also directing all of this rage at one person, and it's one person who might not yet fully understand the scope of how they play into rape culture or how their need for forensics is hard. And so I kind of more lean to the side of wanting to include as many people as possible because I want Benjamin, who from my experience with him, and I know this is the privilege of being a host and being someone who has been on the phone with him, but from my experience with Benjamin he is a, a, a kind person, you know, and I want him to feel more and more welcome in the very, very necessary conversation about rape culture rather than feeling pushed away from it. Oh, so, what's sorry?
1: Oh, sorry. No, I just had an air stuck in my throat. Oh, great. I love it. How <laughs> exciting.
0: So, do you fear that something like this is pushing potential allies away?
1: I'm not a hundred percent sure because I don't know how to translate
0: the rage that you feel.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not like, like when I'm in my better moods, I'm very much like, I'm kind of, you know, X, Y, Z. Okay. You can, you know, this is something that's valuable to learn. This is something you should know. Uh, But it, I don't know. It's, It's like in that moment, I do not care. Yeah. I do not care. I Um, am
0: also a human, and I have also said things that adequately express my anger and inadequately mm -hmm. express a more calm approach to it. And I understand that when you feel anger, you're not necessarily— gonna sit with it and think about it and process it and really dig through it. I understand. I understand because I too am subject to the same whims of human psychology. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Like, I get yeah. it. I get it. I've done it. I've been there. Um, yeah. On
1: my better days, when I'm like my best self or a better self, I would say, Yes, it could be alienating. No, we shouldn't give random people both barrels for not knowing. And then other days, it's just so impossible and raw and fucking, like, if you've ever woken up and just, like, in the clutch of a scream or something, it's just, like, it's so hard to yeah. then coddle someone because they don't know. And, like, I I basically survived... uh Bunch of shit, most of what I don't remember as mm-hmm. a six year old and Sorry,
0: uh, say, i I just missed that you said it as a six year old
1: as a six year old that's Oof. that's like yeah, yeah. so okay uh, i mean
0: we we only we don't have to go into that if if you're not comfortable
1: yeah i just I just want to be up front yeah uh, like it's it's almost like when Ben's saying the stuff that he's saying mm-hmm. like it's such a commonly socially prescribed response Mm -hmm. to the way we deal with this kind of thing because we're so inept at it Mm -hmm. and like it came to a point where I was like almost rage crying and I'm not a crier Mm -hmm. and I was just like oh fuck you fuck you and everyone who's like you and like and I'm aware that's that's just putting him into a cookie cutter mold but you know, when you get so worked up at that point, it's so hard to to be fair and mm-hmm. to be reasonable and to be like, this, this guy isn't that person. This guy isn't those people. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not the villain in this per se, but it's just, it's almost like, you know, that kind of trauma and that kind of pain is so indescribable, like... So no, that's and that's where I'm coming from yeah.
0: I and I thank you so much for sharing that. I really mean that. And I I appreciate how much it takes for you to say that and you know I don't want to mine it further. I I understand but it's also I think helpful to know that you're you're coming from a deeply personal place on this and and I totally yeah. see that and I get that.
1: Yeah, I just I just want to be honest. I don't want to be melodramatic no, or, there's or no, I'm mean but there's yeah, no
0: melodrama by t- just talking about <laughs> okay. something that that you have experienced as a human or or how you're surviving from it and and then i think Because of that, because of who you are and because of what you've experienced, and this is true for all humans, um, you have certain feelings, especially when you see yourself reflected in media, as you did, I think you saw your reflection through Emma or Emma's side of the story, and then you hear someone who is saying that he cannot fully believe them. I understand where you're coming from. And and I'm in a kind of privileged position to even be able to say that what you said is a little intense because you know I'm not you and so it's easier for me to be like well that was a little intense don't we want <laughs> yeah. you know Benjamin it's okay you don't yeah. have
1: to worry about that yeah okay then I won't worry uh, it about was. it I just want to say for the record yeah I'm not. Actually, looking to murder Benjamin. Okay. <laughs> just so everybody knows. Great, I'm not great. Gonna go you're not looking
0: to murder Benjamin. I wasn't worried about that. I n- thank you for clarifying. Um, <laughs> just so we know. And that's that's wonderful. Great to know. So, Kay, you're about to speak to Benjamin. How do you feel?
1: Uh, a, a little jittery, but I'm
0: ready. Okay. <laughs> ready me. <laughs> <laughs> jittery, but ready. I will, uh, I'll connect you guys, and, and then we'll all talk to each other. Perfect. Okay. What up? Stay right there. We'll be right back. Before we continue, I just want to say thanks for being here. Also, you can be on this show, too. Has someone said something negative about you online, or maybe you've said something negative about someone else? Either way, after this episode is over, go to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com where you can fill out a guest form. And if you don't want to be on this show, that is totally cool. I appreciate you just the same. Maybe consider telling a friend about this show. Word of mouth has brought this podcast around the world, so your recommendation goes a long way. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Benjamin, you are on the phone with Kay. Kay, you are on the phone with Benjamin, and now we're all here together. What up? Hi, Kay. So let's start here. We're not going to talk about the comment just yet. I just want you guys to get to know each other. Benjamin, in only as many details as you want, why don't you tell Kay about you?
2: Okay. Um, Kay, I live in Texas. I am 25, I have a pretty free schedule. I work from home. Um, I don't do too much, um, but I do enjoy. There's a there's a river walk. Ooh, um, fancy! Yeah, that's, that's super enjoyable. There's kayaking as well, um, and there's a pretty good nightlife on the weekends. So, thus far, I'm not super a super go getter um, <laughs> by a lot of people's definitions, but I'm doing all right and I feel pretty good most days. That sounds great. What What do you mean by that with the go getter stuff? Well, I, I guess some of my buddies went and plowed through school mm-hmm. and a lot of them did school with like a master's program and they are they have a very clear idea of a career, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. and um, I'm definitely not that guy thus far.
0: Kay, Why don't you tell Benjamin a little about you?
1: Oh, uh, I'm very boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say I, that? Oh, because I'm a writer, and I think people have these images of writers as being, you know, crucified by their own talent, drinking and being miserable. And uh, i sure I just like a bit of coffee, and uh, I do some... <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have a few degrees, uh, most recent one in anthropology. I don't know, yeah, I'm the creative sorts. I live in Canada currently. Um... Yeah, that's about... Great. That's all I can think
0: of on the spot. I love it. Um, Cool. Well, let us lean into this conversation. So the two of you intersected online because of an episode of this very podcast, episode 17, You Are a Liar. I connected Emma Silkowitz to Benjamin, and then beneath the episode... K, you commented, both yourself and Emma showed tremendous patience. I was infuriated by Ben all day, and I had to come here to talk about it. His ignorance perfectly distills that brand of smile denial people use to dismiss survivors to their faces. He has no idea what he's talking about. And then the kicker Ben, if you're reading this, I hope you're eaten alive by wild dogs. So, fortunately, <laughs> Ben has not been eaten alive by wild dogs, and he is here on this phone call healthy and safe, uh, which I'm thankful for. Despite my best efforts. Despite your best efforts, all of the dogs were trying. Um, Kate, the pack of wild dogs that you sent, they could not find Benjamin, so um, they they (laughs) slunk back. So... This is just a show where I connect people who are strangers on the internet and may have started off on the wrong foot, <laughs> to put it as generously as possible. Kay, let's actually start with you. Sure. Why don't you explain to Benjamin why you wrote this?
1: Well, initially, the like when I wrote this comment, I didn't know you were gonna read it. Like, I thought you were kind of off in the ether somewhere. So it was really just, uh, a, cr- a creative, like, oh, fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if people out there are thinking I'm like, I have like a drove of wild dogs coming <laughs> to murder you or something, but like, <laughs> right. I don't put myself on a moral height. It's just that's too much effort and I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> murder is just too much effort in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, when I listened to that episode, uh, it really got to me. So, Kay, you just said that you didn't know if Benjamin was
0: going to read it. And yeah, Benjamin, you did read it, right? So what did it feel like to read something like that? Well, I guess initially,
2: when I read it, it was sort of a bit shocking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if shocking is the right word. It's, it's like I was saying to you, I really have a very, I'm not on social media that much. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely the most extreme thing mm-hmm. anybody's ever said, directed at me. Mm-hmm. But then I, you know, after like 15 seconds, like, oh, that's the internet. Mm -hmm. And in a way, maybe I could understand where she was coming from Mm -hmm. based on how I sounded, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. in that interview. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So, I mean, yeah, it was a little bit disconcerting.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. When I first read it. One funny thing I just wanted to point out is neither of you are huge on Facebook. Uh, Benjamin, you just said that you aren't that big into it, and Kay, you revealed to me that actually you reactivated your profile so that you could comment on this episode, right?
1: Yeah, just to be mad. That's oh the my only God. reason. Great.
0: Okay, well, here <laughs> we are. Look,
1: <laughs> madness
0: is connecting us all. In a way, it's an honor. Yes, okay. it's an yeah. honor. Benjamin, look what you did. You brought more traffic to Facebook's website. Mark Zuckerberg is going to send you a <laughs> personalized thank you note. And Kay, know. Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is also going to send you a thank you note, too. So, God bless us all. Um, <laughs> but let's dig into it a little, Kay. Sure. What was Benjamin saying in the episode? that really got to you?
1: Um, I think in general it was, like, obviously, Ben, I don't know you as a person, but it really felt to me like you were trespassing into an arena that you didn't have the same stakes as Emma did. Because I understand where you're coming from, but when you take the stance of an abstract intellectual debate against someone who shows, like, in my experience, all the red flags of that experience and something that I can deeply relate to because I went some, through some nasty shit as a kid as well. So the thing that I craved was I needed to be seen and understood. I just needed to see somebody and have them say to me, yeah, that was fucked up, that shouldn't have happened, that was wrong. And when someone just flat out is like, well, I don't know, I don't believe you, there's not enough evidence. It's such a disempowering thing. And it's salt on the wound.
0: So Benjamin, how does what Kay just said sit with you?
2: Well, I mean, I definitely respect it. Nothing she said, I think, is really incorrect. I mean, I wrote a comment, that you are a liar, based on information I had read on the internet, which I talked to Emma, and she said that that was all that the information was not necessarily as it seemed. So, I mean, I was, I'm, I, I don't have any experience. I, I think that's what I'm getting from kids Like who are you to, mm-hmm. who are you to pass the judgment? I mean, I was invited onto the show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So I think in that way I was there. Yeah. You know, I, I was invited by two, by two people who knew, you know, the position I was going to take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, what, what can I say? Cause I mean, I don't yeah. really have any moral authority. I'm, I'm don't think I'm any kind of God or all knowing or mm-hmm. I'm a lowly evolved primate like everybody else, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. No. I was just
2: going off what I read on the internet. We're just you know? primates guys. That really
0: was. Yeah. I mean, I, what I was going after. I think, no, Kay, you referenced something in the comment, the comment that kind of spawned this episode. You said his ignorance perfectly distills that brand of smile denial people use to dismiss survivors to their faces. So can you tell Benjamin what is that smile denial you're talking about?
1: I think it's it's just that use of kind of the abstract and the intellectual to kind of pick apart someone's story uh, in a very nice way. Like, I don't think Ben, you ever were like, you weren't roaring and giving out and anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I think the problem is that so often people have these little doubts that they fling out. And they say it nicely. And, you know, they may not even mean it in a malicious way. But it's something like, oh, well, uh, where were your friends? How much did you have to drink? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, why didn't you report it right away? And, you know, in a certain light, these are absolutely logical questions, but, you know, they don't grasp the reality that, you know, after someone's experienced like one of the most degrading and painful things you could ever do to another human being, the last thing they want to do is be subject to an invasive exam in a hospital by staff who may be sympathetic or may be totally unsympathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, or relive it like say 12 hours after the event in front of police who may be totally sympathetic or maybe absolutely think, oh, you're full of shit. I've heard you know first responders and rape crisis staff who've been great and I've heard you know staff who've ha- kind of have that what do you call it? it's like that sympathy burnout like they they just have nothing left and so it's like this cold clinical, experience that's another humiliation on top of that. So it's like, you know, we can we have the skeleton of this of this scenario that we can think abstractly and we think is so reasonable. But when you put yourself in someone's shoes, when you're asking these kind of things that are opening the door to denials, even if it's done with a smile, it's just it's just divorced from the process of how you come back to yourself. At least in my experience, when that happens, it's like the ultimate lesson in powerlessness. And like your first goal isn't justice. It's not to get the baddie. Mm -hmm. It's not to do any of these things. It's to lock that shit away Mm -hmm. and to regain control over yourself because like for so many people, you don't think your body can be taken away from you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then suddenly it can, you know, mm-hmm. so that's always like, that's the, the spearhead of, uh, of that, I don't know, I suppose damage. Mm-hmm. That's a silly word, but you know, so, I mean, that's kind of your body's in like emergency. The, the emergency, like, you know, your, your whole self is trying to do triage. Mm -hmm. on that kind of physical, psychological, emotional wound. So, you know, this idea that you know, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I mean, it's just like, you're not you know, if you've been in a situation where you feel threatened or you know, the adrenaline's going, you don't think rationally like your your frontal lobe literally gets shunted aside Mm -hmm. when the adrenaline gets started. So I mean your your entire self is just in code red, mm-hmm. Defcon five, absolutely trying to recover, get away, put it behind you. It didn't happen, it didn't happen, it didn't happen. I'm still in control. Mm-hmm. That is the driving factor in my own experience. Maybe other survivors have mm-hmm. it differently, but uh, yeah. yeah the the whole system doesn't doesn't even factor into it at that point unless someone is exceptionally mm-hmm. uh, restrained or. Unfortunately, that choice is taken from them again
0: mm.
1: by well-meaning family or friends or whatever yeah. who call the cops, you know.
0: Benjamin, do you have any thoughts or response to that? No, I
2: mean, I, I respect that insight. Yeah. You know, I'm not a person who's ever had, you know, been in that situation, mm-hmm. never had any kind of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I definitely respect that insight. Yeah, You know, I mean, I as much as I can put myself in the situation of, Of a person who's been through it. I mean, I can understand why that might elicit some extreme emotion. It's like somebody who was abused a lot and then saying, if somebody were to say, try to draw these ambiguous lines between what's abuse. Mm -hmm. It's like, when you've been abused, you've been abused. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I can understand why she might have said it, definitely, now that she's unpacked it. Mm
0: -hmm. Kay, do you think this is something that you would say to Benjamin's face?
1: Um, I don't... (laughs) Okay, I'm not justifying this or excusing that. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be upfront. But <laughs> uh-huh. you know, as as like a little Irish Canadian mm-hmm. hillbilly, uh, <laughs> when it. I first I don't right. When I first listened to the episode, um, I don't think I would have said anything at all, mm. uh, Benjamin. But if you were there, I probably would have just like punched you in the dick. Like <laughs> it, was, it was just so Punch like punched
0: Benjamin in the dick. Whoa. Okay, we're going there. <laughs>
1: Redneck style, you know. But, <laughs> Redneck style. Um, okay, great. <laughs> I, I'm joking a little bit, but it's just like the reaction. It's not just you as, as a person, Ben, because you're just, uh, like you're just talking on this show and, you know, that's, that's what's happening in this one context. It's, it's like when that, I mean, I hate to use the word trigger because it's like it has all these other connotations mm-hmm. to it. But when it, when it just kind of, it's like, uh, an avalanche. You know, and it's like, how do you pack back that avalanche up onto the mountain? You can't. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's then, it doesn't just become you, it's everyone who's expressed something similar to you. So you stop becoming Ben, you become like this amalgamation of everyone who's kind of hurt me in that way. Yeah. Like on my best days, I would love to be reasonable, patient. And explain it and link you the story so you can understand exactly, you know, what people have gone through and see what their experiences through their own eyes. Because I think we can all relate to stories done that way. But, uh, I mean, on my worst days and, like, worst moments like this, it's just, uh, it's so primal. It's just, there's no, there's only directing it in certain ways. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's so incapacitating that kind of rage its, it's like real life hulking out—is the best way I could describe it. You know, again, I didn't expect anyone to read it. Honestly, I was just like—you
0: were just like putting it out into the ether.
1: I had to—I had to get that energy out, or else <laughs> it turns on itself. Yeah, you know, like like depression is anger turned inward, as they yeah. say. So it was just—it had to go somewhere, or yeah. I would have just.
0: Yeah, no. That's that's also helpful to understand the context of what you were feeling as you wrote this.
1: Yeah, and it's it like it defies any kind of normal regulation mm-hmm. that you try in your everyday life. Like, like yeah. calm down, yeah, dude. Like, Jesus so, Christ, like, you know, It's yeah. it just it doesn't work.
0: Benjamin, now that you understand kind of the context of the feelings behind this, you know, and also kind of wrestling with <laughs> with what Kay said of like you know, because you represented all the people that hurt her, that she would be really upset with you after the episode. How does that feel?
2: Well, yeah mean, that, that was a loaded, that was a loaded thing she said. And I, I'm definitely s- sorry that it made you feel that way. I didn't say it wanting to make anybody feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that might come from just ignorance around it that I have, you know, that I wasn't thinking, man, what I'm saying, there's other people who have experienced What I kind of am Mm -hmm. marginalizing Mm -hmm. with my words, Mm -hmm. maybe, and that's going to give them a feeling. I I guess I wasn't thinking about it Mm -hmm. like that. So, so I apologize for for if it was a weak, like you said. You know, it certainly was not my intention. Mm -hmm. I was just I was just trying to give an opinion.
1: I appreciate that, and I just want to say for the record that, like, you know, I'm I'm trying to be truthful in this podcast, but I I like fully. Recognize that kind of pinning all that stuff to you. I mean, I, I don't know if I could help it with more discipline, but it was, it dehumanizes you and it's not fair. So even though it's super intense and I don't know how I could change it if I knew beforehand, uh, I just want to say, like, it really isn't fair because it's not like you, Benjamin, as a person doing mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, Benjamin, and then that immediately gets wiped away. I just want to acknowledge that.
0: No,
2: totally part of it too. Yes, th- thank you. I think that is fair, and as much as I can understand and put myself in it, like I said before, I get why it would be triggering for somebody who's been through it.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that, man. Thank you.
2: And I definitely did, and nothing I said was meant was meant to do that. It Really, was not.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's uh, it's one of the frustrating things because your one part of your brain can be like chill the hell out you know that person was not sitting there twiddling their mustache being like I'm gonna fuck K's up Mm -hmm. you know day up (laughs) Mm -hmm. like that was not what Mm. you were doing so yeah uh, yeah Yeah.
0: No evil mustaches were there. No evil mustaches. I just am <laughs> twiddling my evil mustache that I can't grow. So <laughs> so just know that <laughs> I can't grow a mustache. That's my contrib- that's my uh, insightful no, no. contribution <laughs> to this conversation. Let's
1: all, let's all have a moment of silence for Dylan's mustache. Let's all yeah, Benjamin, please <laughs> a moment of silence,
0: okay? Let's let's start it right now. Moment of silence for my mustache. Thank you. I think uh, my mustache, who never is. Here's to the
2: dihydrotestosterone that's going to kick in and and make it grow. Benjamin, yes,
0: will it into existence? It's going to happen. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, you know, what I do want to say is other than summing this up with uh, input about my mustache that I can't grow, is that what it seems to me is happening is that. It's all about who we identify with in the stories that we hear. And it started from the very beginning of the first interaction that launched this conversation that the three of us are having now. Benjamin, you wrote Emma a message because you more identified with the fear that men would be falsely accused. You know, something that's never happened to you, right? That's you, You've never been wrongfully accused of this, Right. No. Yeah, so it's never happened to you but you had the hypothetical fear of what if it did, right? And then you projected yourself into that seeing yourself more represented with the accused rapist and and you wondering if he was innocent and if his life was being turned over more than you identified with Emma, right? And then you get into a conversation with Emma on this podcast, and you are expressing, you know, something that I think sadly a lot of people express, which is like questioning of someone who comes forward with an allegation saying that only when it's proved beyond a shadow of a doubt can it be possible. And then, Kate, you listen to that conversation. You identified more with Emma and put your anger on Benjamin.
2: hmm
0: Still... What I want to acknowledge, and Benjamin, do correct me if this feels unfair, and Kay, correct me if this feels unfair, but I do want to acknowledge that there is something unequal there, because Benjamin, you felt upset by the national news story of Emma Sulkowicz because you were protecting a person who hypothetically might not have done something wrong in your mind. And then, Kay, you were upset because it reminded you of trauma that you experienced as a kid. Mm -hmm. I think the difference is that, Benjamin, you're operating more in the hypothetical of, like, I want to protect this person just in case, and, Kate, you're operating more from the real Is that unfair, Benjamin? I totally am open if it doesn't feel. I I think
2: it's not unfair. I I was operating from many different articles I'd read on the internet where the police investigated and conclusively said that he did not do it. So that's what I was operating from. I I didn't have some kind of, I have no idea who this person is. I don't really feel, I I don't remember feeling particularly drawn to protect this guy just on principle, on on, on some kind of principle. I felt that way because of what I was reading.
0: But you were, what you were citing was, oh man, all the cars decided to go by my window right now. Um, Don't
1: they know you're trying to conduct a fucking podcast? I'm trying to connect people
0: to (laughs) each other and make the world a slightly better place, you guys.
1: World peace, for God's sake. Yeah,
0: you think I should yell <laughs> that to the cars and then they'll like it? <laughs> okay, back on track. What I'm trying to say is, Benjamin, you were citing, I remember when we first spoke on the phone, you were just saying like, you know, wrongful accusations happen, right? That's, that's something that you said.
2: Yeah, I and mean, we know that's true. There's a big case this year with the people in Connecticut. I mean, I'm not like imagining that, but I agree. I agree that it doesn't always happen or that or that it even happens the majority of the time. Most of the time, I think it's true when people accuse like if somebody were to say I was raped, I would believe them initially. And that's what I didn't do a good job of explaining, like expressing myself in that interview. You know, I, I, I was I got entrenched in re-listening it, re-listening to it. I got more. I could see I got very entrenched and sort of I don't know what I was thinking. I, I didn't do a good job of expressing myself especially the back half of the
0: interview. Yeah. No, that's okay. The The simple thing that I'm trying to do is to talk about this notion of wrongful accusation, right? And okay. just this thing that you cited in the conversation and is something that people cite often, which is the idea of, well, let's leave room for the understanding that some people can wrongfully accuse other people, right? All right. So. I hear that, and I hear that just because that's something that a lot of people bring up. And I'm I'm always wary to kind of bring statistics into this podcast because, mm-hmm. because I'm more interested in hearing where humans are coming from. Do you know what I mean? Like Benjamin hearing where you as a human are coming from, Kay hearing where you as a human are coming from. But I did look it up, and it is like the FBI—I'm literally typing right now— uh, false rape the like FBI statistics uh that were found it's it's uh unfounded rape accusations are around 8%. So it's like not incredibly common. And now and and I and I totally believe that number.
2: Yeah, 100% I believe that number.
0: What I just saw was 8%, but I have seen lower numbers as low as 2%. A quick note about this FBI statistic. This is only referring to rape cases that have been deemed unfounded after investigation. A necessary additional statistic is that, according to RAINN, only 310 out of every 1,000 rape cases are even reported to police at all, which suggests that the original 8% is lower when you take into account all the cases that never even made it to investigation. I don't usually like to bring in statistics because I think statistics can almost dehuman humanize the conversation and can forbid us from getting to know the more nuanced sides of people. But I do think sometimes statistics do help show us just how unlikely something is. And since false rape allegations have been proven statistically to be so infrequent, I think that is an instance in which statistics help. But either way, I want to move away from statistics. To put it like very crudely, Rape and rape culture is incredibly hard to talk about. Very much so. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, I can say from my personal view, but I'd say a lot of other survivors would be there with me, is that, I mean, Benjamin, we would share your loathing of people who accuse falsely of rape, because, I mean, first of all, you're putting an innocent person through the meat grinder, So fuck you. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, uh, it reinforces that myth that, you know, that, you know, it's, it's almost the first thing people bring up when they hear an allegation. So ultimately, if people make false allegations knowingly as some sort of, I don't know, power move or vengeance or whatever, uh, it ultimately helps other rapists for other survivors to walk free. So it is such a strike against other people in who have suffered tremendously, especially those who don't fit the bill, like they weren't the right gender at the time, or their attacker wasn't the right gender at the time, their cases become even more easy to dismiss. So those people who make the false allegations have I have no fucking time for them either. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of other survivors would feel the same.
2: Yeah, I mean, totally agree with everything everything she said. And I think to take a step back, I do think it is very, very rare that somebody does falsely accuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think obviously there's the crimes against humanity, which which is what I think a rape is. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. who knows how many unreported, unbelieved. It's like I think that was that was my I don't say downfall, but that was what I did not get across Mm. completely in Mm -hmm. the first first interview with Emma. Mm It was like how much, how real I know that is, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, and and I get listening to it like five or six times. Like I had the first interview, like I get why people would, I, I did sometimes sound a little bit unhinged, you know, Um, especially for a person who's been through it. So, but that was just, you know, in the moment, me not being able to communicate. And this is obviously podcasts are a new thing. So yeah, I think really Kay and I from the beginning were probably and nearly nearly completely in agreement. I would venture to say. Mm-hmm. My basic point that I was trying to get across was: I do think that there should be due process. Now, I did I was very clumsy with it, mm. you know, I, trying to get that yeah. point across. That I do believe in due process.
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree, because I mean, the whole point of the court system is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. I suppose the caveat to that is if due process fails, that could mean a rapist walks free. And to- it may not be this one. It could be someone else. So, totally. And that's what
0: I was yeah. about to say is just that some people aren't afforded due process. And Benjamin, yes. that, w- that goes back to this thing that I said in, in the initial episode, and I would say to you again, which is like, the world that you see is like a really, really good world. And I think you put a lot of faith in institutions that Completely have been built for wanting you to put faith in them, but not everyone gets due process. And I don't think many people realize, not just you, Benjamin, you're definitely not alone in this. I don't think many people realize how many people are not afforded due process. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And I, that's probably true. I mean, the world, it is true to say that in my personal world, it's easy for me to maybe be naive because I have sort of been in many ways sort of sheltered from maybe life's rough edges. I, I, I had a strong opinion from like, and I was pretty ignorant. <laughs> it's like, and I remember thinking like, how did I end up being this guy? That's like defending this no. probable rapist on the internet. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, like, I, I, <laughs> it's like a weird ass spot to put myself in.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just want to say like these, like your world, Benjamin, that you presented, it's lovely. And I don't mean that in a patronizing way. I mean, Nothing would have happened to me if the world was as you said it was. Mm. Uh, so I kind of wish like your the world you painted was was quite a was the real I would have liked to be there yeah yeah I wish that was I wish that was the real world. I really do. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, so I also think I wonder,
0: Benjamin, because you're a very good guy, that you automatically think others are like you. Do you know what I mean?
2: Thank you, know I, I try to be fair-minded and basically kind to people. People, my parents, my everybody, in my in my little life have been kind to me. So it's made, I guess, in that way, it's made it easier. So yeah, I mean, maybe I was projecting something on onto mm. this fellow.
0: It's, but I, but subconsciously, but it really feels like we're hitting into something big here, you know? Because like, I think this is what happens all the time, right? Like. Benjamin, you do not represent all men. You just represent you. K, you do not represent all women. You are just representing you. Mm-hmm. And you don't represent all of your respective groups. But I think when we encounter someone on a podcast episode, we kind of thrust all of what they represent onto them. Do you know what I mean? Like, K, you were thrusting all of the people who didn't, believe you, didn't support you, you were thrusting that onto Benjamin. And, mm-hmm. and Benjamin, you were thrusting what some articles in the media were wanting you to do, which was thrusting disbelief onto Emma, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's this theme that I think I'm like kind of working through, and, and a, a bigger theme that I think is present and almost every conversation I have for this show, which is there's so much confusion of the macro and the micro, right? Like, talking about rape culture is huge, but Kay, you saying that you want Benjamin to be eaten alive by a pack of wild dogs won't end <laughs> rape culture. Do you know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. Like like I told you, I'm a tough little coconut, so... Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> Benjamin, I totally...
0: Ad- K identifies as a tough little coconut, just so you know.
1: The one true gender.
0: The one, the one true gender. There's one gender, and it's coconut. The um, tough little coconut. Yeah. I hope the world reacts well to that fact, that there's only one gender.
1: Um, Surprise, everybody.
0: Yeah, fuck all the people that say it's two genders. It's one gender, and it's just a coconut. It's a tough little coconut. Um, yeah, I... I yeah, I just think it's interesting. Um Yeah.
1: I totally cop to that. Like uh you know, the the way I reacted was just a visceral, primal, instant reaction. There was no attempt at building bridges. If you had attempted to build a bridge, I would have napalmed it at that yeah, point, right? Like, <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. I'm totally like uh I was not conducive to any sort of conversation or serving kind of a greater good mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. uh in that context, i was i think it was it was the fact that I didn't feel like this person understood that person's pain mm-hmm. that I relate to, mm-hmm. so and thereby I,
0: associating that and saying. And and this person, Benjamin, won't understand your pain.
1: Exactly. So yeah. so then I'm gonna take my pain and I'm gonna drag it to his front fucking doorstep and he's <laughs> gonna fucking see it.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> right.
1: You know, and that's it's like I think that was kind of a core thing of like, well, if you don't wanna see it I'm going to make you see it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm not glossing that over or saying it's a noble no. I, I uh, get pursuit it at all. That's just, yeah. But
0: also, and I do want to affirm and I want to acknowledge that your anger was coming from a really awful and understandable place. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, now I think on this Definitely. Call, yeah. Like, on this call, Benjamin and I uh, are— Afforded the ability to see where you're coming from and it is much more understandable. But on the internet, it's just a disembodied photo.
1: Very true. And I have to say, like, I am sorry, Benjamin, that I came at you so hard because it was the fist of an angry god and it was (laughs) only like 25% was actually about you as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just want to, I don't know, like, if I can provide nothing else, it's like the accuracy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the accurate picture, I think, in hindsight. Right. And it's that's I feel like that's the most helpful thing I can give mm-hmm. from that kind of such a non-negotiable, unapproachable feeling that led to that post mm. um, is just trying to. Yeah. yeah, there it is. Sometimes it'd be like that.
0: great
1: sorry i don't want to murder anybody (laughs) i love that
0: benjamin
2: well i definitely accept your apology 100 percent. and you know for you for everybody else that listened to it that maybe had a similar triggering experience i i apologize i mean i think and in the truest sense i i was pretty ignorant and i didn't it only got worse as the thing went on so then you know this. This has made me think about it in a whole new way. You know, it's definitely made me. I, I know it might sound ignorant to say, but it made me think about it in ways I didn't even know to think about it. You know, no, that it's doesn't just, make you no, ignorant at all. That's, that's it's like uh, it's it's been so like it's just not real to me. Mm-hmm. So as so, it's just I really I get to think about it in a different way. Yeah.
1: I mean, in fairness, there is no class that it's like, well, this is what it's like to be traumatized mm-hmm. today. Right. Exactly. Here's your right. homework. Yeah, exactly. Like right. nobody. Right. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, but it, but it's, I, but I it's understandable. But oh, no. yeah. I do apologize to everybody.
2: Oh, no. I do apologize to everybody for the way I came across. You know, there was a lot of people who, who reacted. And I think I think there's there was some justification in the
0: reactions. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, Cade, do you have any, uh, final things you want to say to Benjamin?
1: Um, I appreciate the fact that you came on here and, uh, you seem like a pretty chill, chill dude and a tough little coconut. So, uh,
2: <laughs> tough I'm, little coconut.
1: I'm very glad a you were not eaten alive by wild dogs yes. or eaten dead by <laughs> wild dogs. Yes. And, uh, the it's it's been really cathartic to actually talk to you. So um, I I appreciate I appreciate that you took the time to come on here. That means a lot. And so, I appreciate thank you. you too.
2: I, I, yeah. I I'm very grateful for the opportunity again, Dylan. And yeah. um, again, I want to say it for a third time. I apologize for any damage to anybody that I might have done, even if it was just a moment or a day or two or a week. Yeah. that was not my intention. I just kind of found myself in a situation where, retrospectively, I was in a little bit over my head. I
0: think. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's just all. I I really think this is great, you guys. I think one thing I wanted to say is, Kay, on your side, while I do think that the comment you wrote is extreme, I think it is important to listen through to the rage of survivors and understand why they are upset, right? And like dig mm-hmm. deep into what is causing that rage rather than just dismissing it as violence from someone who is part of a more oppressive group, you know, like who is someone part of a group that is not rape survivors. And, you know, Benjamin, for you, what I also want to say is like, I do believe that we have to give people the capacity to grow, especially when... There was no malice in what you were thinking from the beginning. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you realized the full scope of it. I mean, you you just essentially said that, and I really do believe in allowing people who deserve it the capacity to grow. And I definitely think, Benjamin, that you deserve you fully deserve the capacity to grow and learn.
2: Yeah, you know, thank you. And, and I didn't truly. I didn't. Yeah. Like I, I said on the interview that my initial comment. Like the, you are a liar. It was stupid. Like Mm -hmm. it was a stupid thing to say Mm -hmm. on on its own, but like, yeah, But based on this and just the comments, I just didn't even, yeah, it was a learning experience. Yeah.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. Well, I really just want to say thank you both for taking the time to be part of this. I know this takes a lot of energy and this takes a lot of emotional energy. Um, Kay for coming on the phone, Benjamin for coming on the phone, both of you for like the ability to be introspective. I I just think that that is like a really really hopeful thing for humanity. So really, thank you both for doing this. Thank you. Yes,
2: thank you both. It's it's always good to make a make a new friend where. But one time maybe it didn't seem possible yeah so i think that's a good thing look as well.
0: at that you guys are friends now
1: likewise yeah be prepared for and memes <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so <laughs> get ready for memes benjamin they're coming your way i'm ready um <laughs> he's ready he's ready Kay. um Excellent. all right well i will go uh twirl my non-existent mustache and have a moment of silence <laughs> for that and um it was really wonderful talking to you both thank you guys all right thank yeah. you guys
1: and take it easy eh? bye bye, bye. bye.
0: If you'd like to be a guest on this show and take your own online conversation and move it offline, please visit www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com for more information. Conversations With People Who Hate Me is a production of Night vale Presents. Vincent Cashione is the sound engineer and mixer. Christy Gressman is the executive producer. The theme song is These Dark Times by Caged Animals. The logo was designed by Rob Wilson. And this podcast was created, produced, and hosted by me, Dylan Marin. Special thanks to Adam Cecil, Emily Moeller, and our publicist, Megan Larson. Remember, there's a human on the other side of the screen.
1: dark times and it's hard to take it but we're gonna make it through these dark times
0: make it through these dark times make it through these dark times